My name is Skip Sims, Senior Vice President of Ann Arbor Spark. I also am the managing member of the Michigan Angel Fund and member of the Michigan Angel Community. It Takes Money is a series of podcasts featuring angel investors and experts who offer insight on how to invest in startups. In these podcasts, we'll discuss the many aspects of angel investing and why they're choosing to invest in Michigan. We're at the uh, Ross School of Business at the University of Michigan, and we are talking with Karen Rands, who is the founder of the National Network of Angel Investors. Um, you ran an angel group in Atlanta, I believe? Yes, for many Still years. Still do? Yes. Well, this is the, the National Network of Angel Investors is sort of a morph. It's like the next gen of the original. It's really okay. more for uh, folks that are across the country that are interested in getting involved in angel investing mm -hmm. and don't necessarily have a home of a of a structured group to be a part okay. of. Okay. And Karen is also an author. So before I forget it, let's plug her book, Inside Secrets to Angel Investing. Um, wow, that looks kind of daunting. Uh, There's a step-by-step -step in every chapter on what to do next. It's a how-to book. It's a how-to book. It very is good. very much a basic primer of how to, why, why should you, and then if it's appropriate for you based on your risk tolerance, and then how to go about doing that based on your risk tolerance. Excellent, because that's what we are about. Uh, we at uh, Ann Arbor Spark, one of the things we're doing is encouraging uh, high net worth households to start angel investing if they haven't already. It's a legitimate asset class, should be part of a person's portfolio. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's, we're two peas in the my, pod. Yeah, singing to my tune there, uh, my choir. So I'm going to turn you loose because they hear from me all the time. Yeah. Uh, I'm pushing it. Let's get, a, let's get another opinion. Well, I, the whole reason why I wrote the book was for that very reason. Because, um, you know, having run an angel investor group for a decade, I took it over from somebody that had started it previously. And we did the traditional model of uh, pitch events, dinners, things like that. And we had um, people would uh, kind of take a deal leader, a deal champion, and corral the, the due diligence team and make the investors. And we were really, really active in 2007 to 2010-ish. And then when the recession hit, most of the people that were in my angel group were people that ran their own companies. They weren't like the retired folks, right? They ran their own companies or they were execs in companies. And they just didn't have the time. They had the money. But they didn't have the time to do necessarily do the due diligence and the thing, so we just sort of stalled. And then the Jobs Act happened. And for those in your audience that aren't familiar with the Jobs Act, that was the jumpstart our business startup. That was a bipartisan agreement that took them a while to to roll it out to get with the SEC involved and the SBA involved and a lot of input from the the um, community on how to go about doing that and it was really tr intending to break down the barriers between the entrepreneurs and the investors because you know just going through straight through angel groups was is, can can be kind of limiting and they saw all of this money getting raised that was non-equity from crowd crowdfunding yeah. reward based and so but it was also twofold the other side of the coin is a lot of people had seen their retirements drop that were just in the stock market their retirement that they had been counting on that was based on real estate investment just collapsed with the collapse of the real estate market and the they saw that there was 
you think about our drone technology, smartwatches, 3D printers, all of that stuff came out of crowd reward-based crowdfunding. All of those, they, their next round of finance was VCs. So it completely bypassed the angels, but all those millions of people that put money in them never benefited from the, those technologies moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so to, to uh, you know, our Congress basically saw that there might be an opportunity if people could invest in these deals. It was the great democratization of the capital markets. They could invest in these early stage startups and get a piece of that upside future potential what they didn't do was tell people how to go about doing it mm -hmm. right and so I realized that there was an opportunity to dust off what I had used to rebuild my my uh, angel group before after the dot-com um, and bring out something that was a real pro uh, a step-by-step guide to how do you invest for passive income because I believe in my heart of hearts that investing in entrepreneurism is the, is the second greatest way to create wealth the first greatest way to create wealth is being the entrepreneur Do it to yourself. start with right yeah. and so you don't have to assume all the risk of being an entrepreneur all the time mm -hmm. all of that if you're just one of those people that find the passion of an entrepreneur that you believe in and you have a, a roadmap of what how, the check boxes to do, then you can invest in them. And yes, it's risky, but you get such great satisfaction from having invested in an innovation that can have an impact on the marketplace that you believe in. And so that was why I wrote Inside Secrets to Angel Investing, because I believe that it needs every, my goal, my mission is that people will strive to invest in entrepreneurs the way they, to learn how to do that, do it right, the same way they strive to learn how to invest in real estate. 30 years ago, only the most wealthy and institutions invested in real estate. And then the laws changed on how you could get financing, how you could tax, write off the taxes on that, and um, access to capital uh, and education, right? Mm -hmm. And now it's a cottage industry that, uh, you know, you think about it, every income level is trying to figure out a way to participate yeah. in that as an asset class. Right. And there's no reason why it can't be that with all the different ways that you, because of the JOBS Act, all the different types of crowd finance, that you can't participate in that. So that's so, my mission. So one of the things I, uh, I think is true throughout the Midwest, and the Midwest is a big chunk of the country. I kind of describe it as if it's between the Rockies and the Appalachians, from the Canadian border to the Gulf of Mexico, that's the Midwest. Uh, it's about, for, the, for wealthy families for the most part, wealthy uh, households, uh, it's about capital preservation. Mm -hmm. uh, rather than taking risk. Uh, yet, taking that kind of risk uh, can also be extremely rewarding financially. And so, tell us about that. Yes, okay, so, you know, the thing that the traditional angel investors that have always been part of these groups that always did very, very early stage, seed stage capital, um, they, um, you know, they, there's a different mindset that they look at opportunities. And so because they are looking for that, that low, low, the lowest value with the, the greatest gain potential, right? Same, so that's one kind of path of it. So when you go through an analysis of what's your risk tolerance thing, what industries do you know, things like that, and you come to realize that there's a lot of other different ways that you can play in helping grow the, econom the economy around you with jobs, because that's where all the jobs come from. Yep. So like 
one of the ways, I, there's a story in my book I call The Making of a Compassionate Capitalist, because that's what I call this, compassion. You're not just about making money, buying and selling what you do on stocks and real estate, it's the compassion side, because you're investing in innovation that, that may not be all the way there. And um, they start out with bridge financing. Right, so you can participate in helping some of these early stage companies that can't qualify for bank loans because they got the big order, and it's it's not quite as risky as pure equity, but you can make a bigger return than you can on your rental income or a bigger return than you can on the stock market by investing by being the bank for some of these entrepreneurs, and it's and it's um, anchored in the collateral of the orders or anchored in something along those lines that you're helping them. The second way that sometimes they can participate is at the little bit later stage. There's a whole plethora of companies that have been invested by angel investors that have really great potential, and for whatever reason, they miss the VC boat. And until they get to about 10 million in revenue, or and really more like 15 million in revenue, they're really not a candidate for private equity funds. Right. And so there's this giant gap of companies, I call it the capital abyss, that are that they raise a couple million dollars early on, they brought out a product, they've got another product they want to bring out, they've got more that they want to bring out, they want to do, but they're just sort of stuck growing organically because they're too far along for traditional angel groups or they kind of got angels go, well, you didn't do much, I'm not really sure, I like this guy that's still at a $2 million valuation, right? <laughs> and so there's a great opportunity to participate in those kinds of companies that have a proven business model, they're cash flow positive, they've got a customer base and they want to expand and they can't, my next book is gonna be where, where how to get capital when the v, angel investors, VCs, private equity funds and banks say no. And so, you know, that's wow, through. Left. Yeah, well, it's uh, the crowd. 506C and, and Reg A Plus are a good way for people that have, um, that are normal stock market investors and understand how to real read balance sheets and all that kind of stuff can look for those kind of companies. I think those kind of companies too, those fill in, uh, fit into the angel model as well because, <clears throat> excuse me, the um, those angels that uh, don't want to take that much risk at the seed stage. Uh, like to see companies though that do have revenue and that uh, you you said and i'm going to challenge you a bit just probably for more for clarification though they miss the vc boat i think an awful lot of companies don't meet vc criteria therefore they they're never going to get venture capital not because their business isn't good not because it's not profitable not because it can't scale they just don't fit the vc model right no, I agree with that. Okay. I agree with that. There's less money that in the general marketplace. There is more money from angels. Mm -hmm. And I forget exactly the numbers, but it seems like it's about 3x more money that comes from angel groups than it is from VCs. When you look at the, uh, uh, is it the uh, Venture Capital Research Institute of, yeah. of New Hampshire? Anyway, they... Oh, right. They do, the they do a lot Center of that research and right. stuff, yep. and it's always been amazing to me because you because you hear the name, there's big, big dollars in that, but at a grassroots level, it's all out there on the angel side, and there's a lot of different kind of angel groups and ad hoc ones, so there's that piece of it, and they just, either it's timing, it's the wrong industry, they've already invested in something else, it's just location, it's just there's all kinds of factors, and particularly during the recession, when you've got the ebb and flow of capital that comes mm -hmm. in and out of VCs, there may not be as much as there is now. Interesting side note to that very point during that recession. It was interesting how I think angels invest annually about $25 billion a year. 
and even through the recession. So if you go back and you look at 2000 to 2017, 18, whatever the most recent data is, the angel at 23, 26 billion has been fairly consistent right through, whereas the venture capital yeah. is very much sure. You know, up I think it's up right now. It probably is. Year. What's it sitting is, in uh, funds is probably yeah. more than what's out there in the angel thing. Yeah, VC in terms of dollars, but the angels are still funding far more companies, like oh, 10 yeah, times as many right, companies. Right. Um, yeah, and the other way that, to, to the risk question, so this is one of the things I talk about in the book. If you don't have the time, you're not sure you can get the skills, there are so many smaller angel funds where smart angels have come mm -hmm. together and they become managing partners and they bring limited partners in that are the additional so a lot of you know it's a great place for family offices to put some funds right. into those kind of things so it's almost like being in a mutual fund of angel deals and so they get this spread out of the risk on this they get the people that have been doing angel deals for a while you know that have some metrics and things like this and there's a lot that you can just go and you can put a piece of your money maybe 10% of your portfolio portfolio into those kinds of programs and you don't have the, it's it's just a, a different way to to cover right. your risk on that but still participate in supporting the, the at that very early stage yeah. community right right so we've been talking to Karen Rance author of inside secrets to angel investing Karen thank you very much yes go to Amazon yeah. and get my book please and it's <laughs> oh it also comes with a portal where they get access to a lot of tools to do that evaluation of their risk tolerance, their mm -hmm. industry preference, sample due diligence list, questions to ask entrepreneurs, sample term sheets, convertible notes, all that kind of stuff so they can get up to speed with it. And there's about a 30 page glossary of the language because oh, it's all new, good, good. new terms that they may not yep. know of. So true right. primer. So yep. thank you for the time. I really sure, enjoyed talking thank you. to you. Appreciate it. Alrighty. Thank you for taking time to listen to It Takes Money. For more of our podcasts, visit annarborusa.org slash podcasts or michiganangels.org. Thanks to the Ralph C. Wilson Jr. Foundation for making these podcasts possible. And let me leave you with this from John D. Rockefeller. It is a mistake to assume that the possession of money in great abundance brings happiness. Pleasure comes not from the possession of money, but from the ability to do things for others, which brings satisfaction.